everyone. It's your host, Matilda. Hadiza. And Imama. And you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Africa Lipso podcast. Today we are joined by a guest, Hope Hadjard, a digital creator, podcaster, political science and economics major at um, the University of Notre Dame. I guess it's also encapsulated in digital creator, but she's also a TikTok star. Hi, Hope, how are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't keep quiet there. Whoa. A star. Oh you're, my a, God. you're a big star, man. <laughs> a super star. A super star. <laughs> how are you doing, Hope? I'm good. How are you guys doing? <sighs> it's November. <laughs> I swear, right? <laughs> oh, Goddamn. Wait, but you know, why decide? I don't get Are you not doing good? <laughs> no, but like it's November cold. is like the Thursday of months. It's not I've quite never Friday. Before. Really? It's so beautiful. Do you get? Like, it's yeah, not quite deceptive. It's like the lead up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're like, I, I'm not really sure what I should be doing here, but like, it's almost you Christmas. Prepping. You should be prepping for the Friday for the Christmas. <laughs> but then it's all a whole month away. I, you know, but I'm grateful regardless. How are you guys? I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I know. Hadiza? I'm good. Um, I just had an exam yesterday and oh, I passed. Oh, congrats. Yay. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Was it one of those certifications so that you've been doing? Oh my yeah. gosh. Congrats. So, uh, Oshay, more money, more money. Do you get <laughs> more money? So I'm in a very good mood now. It's life. My, my mood is, you know, my mood is really good right now. So. Eh, we can't even hear it honestly on normal days hadiza is like uh, tired but i guess you're like study because life is just generally uh yeah but yeah i guess oh that's really good news and hope we've been asking all our guests this season pretty much how the pandemic has been and like living through a pandemic how was it for you or how how has it been since we're still in it (laughs) (laughs) so the pandemic um i feel like now we're two years in and I think I've learned a lot about myself that I feel it would have taken me like four years to learn about myself because Ooh. I feel like I had like a factory reset where everything literally stopped and anything after that, I feel it was a regeneration of some sorts. And I feel like, you know how with winter when the leaves fall off and then, you know, new leaves grow during spring, I feel like the pandemic made all the leaves I knew fall off and then mm. Anything after that, like it grew from new soil, everything was new. So Mm. even like content Mm. creation and my podcast, all of these I thought of during the pandemic. And I started doing during the pandemic because I think the pandemic made me do like, how do I put it? The pandemic showed me my instinct. Like it showed me how I approach uncertainty. It showed me like when you have no work to do, you have no schoolwork, you have nothing. What is it you turn to? I realized I turn to people, I turn to culture. I turn to love, like I love having conversations. I love uncovering parts of what makes us who we are. 
Yeah. So I, I really like, I got exposed to a different part of me that I feel like I would need to go to Bali, you know, in those camps. Yeah. Yeah. Shave my entire head. Eat, pray, love. Eat, kind pray, of love. Yeah. I need to eat, pray, love my, my way through life to discover, oh, wait, I'm technically in a track to do business development consulting or mm-hmm. international development, but really... This crackhead energy belongs somewhere else. There's a crackhead, you know, and it cannot be ignored. Yeah. And uh, now is when I actually realize that this thing, you know, as Africans, you're told that this girl, she's so goofy. Yeah? She's a, she's a cartoon. I didn't, no one ever told me for one second, perhaps you should consider stand up. You know, no one ever told me, consider doing sketch comedy. And uh, so now is when I'm discovering my talents because of the pandemic. That is such a positive view on that. I love that. Like, you know, you don't really hear a lot of that. So it's really refreshing yeah. to hear that it yeah, actually yeah. helped. And like, you know, I guess it was in a way a blessing of some sort. Yeah. It was rough though. Like there were things that went wrong. And, you know, I saw, I like I, I knew people who passed away. I knew people got sick. I know people who either they lost jobs or they lost a significant chunk of their income. In yeah. some ways, I kind of lost a chunk of my income. You know, with I went to Kenya for like a short <laughs> midterm break and then the pandemic was announced. So I couldn't come back to school. Why is that's where I make my money. Yeah. And so I spent six months in Nairobi, which was low-key, very therapeutic, but it disrupted a lot of things. But I again it was a winter. It was a winter. And spring has now sprung and now I'm realizing what has been born of that. I'm realizing what was planted before then. And now it's growing because of that clean slate I got. Oh, that's honestly, I feel like, yeah, there were positives and negatives in that. So I'm really happy that it's kind of like it was negative at that point, but then now it's positive. And I guess like I was going to ask you like how it was like, because I know you're away from home. So you're originally from Nairobi. Right. And like, I I thought you were in the US throughout the pandemic, but I guess you just clarified that for a while you were back home as well. So it wasn't necessarily isolation. I guess it would have been more isolation if you were here throughout, right? Oh my God. Yes. And I think it's funny because I actually left here because of that isolation. You know, it didn't Mm. need a pandemic to feel isolated because of winter. Also, because as an international student, there's sometimes when, you know, yeah, you have your Africans around, but sometimes you'd, you're tired of translating yourself. The Kenyan accent is not going. So people can't <laughs> understand what you're saying. I want, you're just tired, you know. So I feel like at that point, the isolation could have been intense, but I feel like maybe doing digital creation also would have helped either way. Yeah. Because I feel so connected to people online and also with doing the type of content I do. By the time you're following me, the people followed me for like four years. So they've watched me grow, they've watched me learn. So there's sometimes when you do digital content, when there are people who, like you guys are just birds of the same feather, but you've just never been in the same country you've never crossed paths but you're the same you know you're in the, in the same whatsapp group eh? yeah. so so i feel like maybe online content creation would have helped yeah Whew. well we're so glad that like at least restrictions are being lifted a bit now and like it's a little bit starting to go back to like what it was before just a little bit hopefully it'll mm-hmm. get better but yeah, so I just wanted to move gradually a little bit into our topic. Um, we're covering identity in this episode and it kind of throws back to how we first met you, Hope, because we're part of this fellowship for Trad Mag. 
let me shout them out because like <laughs> tried magazine is like pretty much they're in line with pretty much what we're doing here and like this year we joined their fellowship and like they had a couple of workshops and hope you gave a talk at one of those workshops on identity and that's yeah. how we met you for the first time um it made me think kind of outside the box because i've never really thought about like how i see myself per se i just kind of exist and i i just am who i am and i'm influenced by different things but i don't always like reflect on how that identity is affected by like where i am and stuff so like the workshop you gave was very insightful and i was like it'd be nice to really have you back and kind of just explore it a bit further um so if you could lead us into the, you know, the definition of identity exactly, like what would be the best definition for you? Um, I think it changes every day, mm-hmm. especially being from multiple backgrounds because my mom is Kenyan, Pakistani. My dad is almost all types of Arabs you can think of. He's from <laughs> Sudan, Afghanistan, Egypt. So it changes every day. But I've realized for me, my identity is my selection that is between what people see me as versus what I see myself as. So that point of intersection that I approve of, I call that my identity. It kind of has to do with how people see you because I think it shapes how you're treated and coping mechanisms you need to have. But at the same time, it's internal things that are irrespective of social buckets like gender, race. I think race is, it's not a social bucket, but it has social implications. Mm -hmm. Um, Ethnicity, let's say your age, things like that, that, you know, regardless of that, do you like to paint? What's your sense your of humor? Interests. Are you a Dave Chappelle kind of guy? Mm-hmm. Or, you, uh, or are you a Seth Rogen kind of guy? Like what type of food do you like? And so these are different internal things. So they're internal drivers of your identity and they're external ones. And that point in between, I think, is what your identity is. The mm-hmm. one that you want. To, you come here and select. <laughs> you can be called things by other people, but it's up to you to select But then I think it also has an extreme where now you can select something which, eh, like our lady who now we will talk about in this episode. (laughs) We Um, definitely need to talk about her. Um, Rachel Dolezer. Yeah. Oh, the one that faked to be black? Exactly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The one who identifies as black. Oh, oh, she still oh she still identifies yeah, yeah. as black. Interesting. She okay. has a she has a Nigerian name, right? Ngozi. She's called Nkechi. Uh, Nkechi, yeah. I'm yeah. um, actually screaming, but okay. <laughs> uh, Imam Hadiza, what does identity really mean to you guys? Um <laughs> I haven't really thought about it like that. Mm. Let her do that go. <laughs> so I feel like to some degree, identity is how I'm kind of perceived in the world. Mm. Because, um, I mean, on my own, like, I'm just me right it's when you go out and you see a reaction but then it's also like what makes you you like you're nigerian you're nigerian who lives in canada you've interacted with these people therefore you are like this so it's it's really complex and i think it's always changing or at least i like the idea of like my 
a dynamic but i mean it's static in the sense that oh uh, of course i'm nigerian of course i'm an immigrant right mm. or oh, i'm planning to become an immigrant i'm immigrant <laughs> all of that but it, in terms of my identity and personality are not the same thing exactly like I, okay my identity is static but like how i present could be fluid but i also think they're rigid confines as well like i can't be any other thing except black but then you know how other people see black might not necessarily be how i see black and it's just a weird thing so i don't really know i just said a whole bunch of nothing but it wasn't no it wasn't (laughs) i feel like i but i don't know that it's is it static really because like for example the identity you have right now is not necessarily the identity you had when you were like 10. Do you get what I mean? Because how you just described yourself as an immigrant, right? You weren't always an immigrant. That is true. And uh, hmm. yeah, that is true. Because I tell you, I I wasn't an immigrant. (laughs) I was also a different religion. I also was not broke, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Brokenness is also an identity. (laughs) So I don't claim brokenness. But... (laughs) I was going to say, not a broke identity. I'm leaving that brokenness identity soon. But at ten, like I was not broke. <laughs> like even though I didn't have money of my own, <laughs> like I wasn't broke either. You know. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right to some degree. Martin. Yeah, I, I guess it kind of how like Hope said. I think it's a combination between like how you see yourself and how other people see you. But I guess I wanted to do an exercise. Uh-huh. Except Imama, did you have a def- like a different definition? Well, I mean, as the Christian that I am, my identity is Christ. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Amen. <laughs> no, but um, I do think, I mean, again, as, as much as that is true, but like, I think like, it's kind of what you guys have said. It's kind of how you see yourself and also how like, I guess to be how the world sees you as well. Yeah. But I think, I think it's more so how you see yourself than anything because... I don't know that we should identify ourselves the way the world sees us. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That could be a whole different discussion. But Yeah, I think we should definitely delve into it. But I think regardless of how you want to define yourself, the world will still identify you. And that still has like social implications on you. Do you get? So yeah. But I, I wanted to do a yeah. fun exercise because I did this with someone yesterday okay. and there were interesting things I found. So like if someone asked you who you were and like the things that define you, could you list that out? Who we are and the things that define us. Yes. So like okay. hope, who are you and like what are the aspects of your identity that you identify with pretty much? <laughs> That's a, a deep question, That's isn't a it? a deep question. <laughs> but you can um, just throw like words. Like it could be like your religion or like, do you get what I mean? It doesn't have to be like super deep. But what are the first things that come to your mind when you describe yourself? <laughs> it's a deep question. <laughs> I feel like in terms of even the words... I think I identify with being a creative, being an artist. I think I am a philosopher in my own way. Like I love philosophy. Mm-hmm. And um, I can hear my sister laughing at that. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I, I can physically hear her just being like, Auntie, what? Sorry, what? But yes, honey, I am a philosopher. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm also a, a griot, like a storyteller, a cultural you know, those people who have been stored with the purpose of just maintaining culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I don't know, actually, like, you know what? Erase everything I've said. 
I'm very, very, very dynamic. And anything I describe myself as right now is very prone to change. And it's very prone to having like a different backbone in the future. Mm-hmm. So right now, what I am is I'm just a human being existing in many facets at very many different times. So I can't describe myself, actually. I can't. You're everything and nothing. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard someone say that. Actually, that is so beautiful. That's actually exactly what I feel. I am everything and at the same time, I'm nothing. Like, I'm, I doesn't have a specific dis- definition. Wait, what know? does it mean to be nothing, though? <laughs> Imama mm, said I can never be nothing in Jesus' it's, name. I think... The, the <laughs> <question> <laughs> is, <laughs> no! Like God well, I mean, like, I'm just trying to actually understand. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, like, I think I, like, you know, I'm just trying to understand, like, what does it actually mean to be nothing? It, this, this statement <laughs> you doesn't, yeah, go ahead. Don't sir. like, you don't exist in one bucket. You're not tied down to a specific thing. It doesn't mean nothing in terms of absence. Yeah. It means nothing in terms of, you're not tethered to anything. Okay, that makes sense. It's your portion to be anything. I'm just trying to understand. You'll be something in Jesus' name. I don't break down English again. <laughs> yeah okay that's a really good that i didn't expect that interesting okay um i can go if you guys want yeah you go because i think you also, you did, you also didn't really define identity so it's not just no because I, I agreed with everything you guys said when i was describing myself yesterday i used words like first of all i feel like i'm nigerian mm-hmm. and then i'm like from that i'm like a black woman Sorry, can I just say that it's interesting that you say black before Yoruba. I really thought about saying you're Nigerian and then you're Yoruba, but you said black first. And that's interesting. I guess this is part of the exercise because honestly, when I'm defining myself, Yoruba is not one of my main identifiers, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm Nigerian. I'm a black woman. I guess I'm strong-willed. It's not an easy question. It's not an easy it's question not, at Especially all. when you think, like even the people listening to this, like ask yourself, who are you in terms of these words? And you'll just find yourself having some mental hiccups. Like <laughs> you think you know, but when it comes down to it, it's so hard to actually describe it. Pinned down, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd say I'm open-minded, I guess. Um, I guess you sound more fluid. I don't think I'm as fluid of an energy as you are, but I'm open-minded. Like I have my own beliefs, but I'm open to hearing other people's beliefs. So I'm not fluid. I'm just open. Hey, mama? Um, <laughs> wait, why, why, why should I go first? Oh, wait, I forgot. <laughs> I am um, a believer of God. That's another believer. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, okay, I think for me, I would say I am Nigerian. I'd say I'm a Christian. I am, I'm a confident person. I stand up for what's right or for what I believe is right. So I think I'm a stand-up person or I am a stand-up person. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to not say I think because I think I th- saying I think makes me sound unsure in my identity, but... I think, I mean, like we've all mentioned, this is kind of like a hard question. So yeah. it might be fair to be unsure a little bit or to just like stumble. But anyways, um, I'd say I am a stand-up person. So I stand up for what I believe is right. I'm a person that likes, I'm pretty sure there's a word for this, but I like to like experience things and just like fully indulge in like the beauty of the world, I guess. Like, I don't know, people, like, friends, traditions, like, stuff like that. I just, like, indulging in the beauty of, like, all of that and 
life, I guess. I'm a person that loves life. I like life. I love life. I don't know. That sounds weird. But and I also am a person that fully believes in rest. I think that's my identity. <laughs> yeah, man. Love it. But it is, though. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. Hadiza. Um... I identify with the six-figure lifestyle. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Amen. So I'm on my way there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but for real, I kind of see life as a period of time to learn generally. Otherwise, it's like life's boring. So I, I identify as someone who's very curious. So I will learn as much as I possibly can before I die. But I'm also black. I'm Nigerian. I come from a Muslim background. Mm, yeah, like so a curious Nigerian black girl from a Muslim background. Oh, you also put girl. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to identify as a woman. I identify as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> you say you say I also put girl interesting, Matsuda. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll give you a second to finish and then I can like just state like what I found interesting from the um, conversation I had with this other person yesterday. And then the last thing I wanted to say, I'm actually done, but the last thing I want to say is this feels like, do, do you guys ever have a, one of those seminars at work where they talk about inclusivity and diversity? <laughs> diversity like, training? Yes, this feels like a diversity <laughs> training um, meeting. I feel you. Yeah, I just, I kind of wanted to go through it just because like, it's interesting the dynamics of like how people identify themselves because yesterday i was speaking with someone that's a black guy um he's also nigerian i was just bouncing like ideas off him and he never identified himself as a guy in his description of himself and hope kind of when you described yourself you described more of like your mind like your experience rather than the boxes that like society puts you in yep while like we seem to like identify like nigerian and like you know black women and stuff like that so the man thing i wonder if it's like when our identities are part of the majority do we tend to just not define ourselves with those things so like if you were white you know how like it's only now that people are starting to say you should call white people white people because like previously in the west people just don't identify them as white mm. they are just people and then everyone else has a race like you're a black person or you're brown and they are just they're seen almost as the default right in a way so like in the same way that women usually say they're women in their identity a lot of times men don't mm. I, I just found that yeah interesting oh, that's beautiful because like we're deviations yeah, so there's you deviate or you detour, then that's when you actually bring it up. Yeah, yeah. and like, so it was interesting when Mama asked me, Oh, I thought you were going to say Yoruba, but like, when we are outside Nigeria, we have a better tendency to identify as just Nigerian as compared to like when you are in the society, like you are in Nigeria, you now look for another way to identify mm -hmm. yourself differently. Like, there isn't really, if you yeah, think no, about okay. a Nigerian identity. I mean, that makes sense. But I guess the reason why, like, the reason why I thought you'd say Yoruba, and it's funny because if, like, an evil person or an evil person, somebody else was talking, I wouldn't think they would actually say, like, they're evil or, like, their whatever. Tribe. But yeah. the reason why I thought you were going to say Yoruba is because, yeah, their, their tribe, yeah, thank you. The reason why I thought you were going to say Yoruba is because most Yoruba people that I know, it's like, 
it's more of that I yeah think they're they, more yoruba than exactly, they are nigerian the, they're more yoruba than they are nigerian exactly so like that's what i thought you were going to say yoruba before nigerian and i mean i guess mm-hmm. you can also say the same thing for some Igbo people as well because of the whole biafra thing mm-hmm. you can say they're maybe more Igbo before they are nigerian but i have seen it a lot with yoruba people but then again i guess like i guess the way you grew up i don't know if you're like the most authentic i mean i mean how you dare know, you you're yoruba <laughs> don't get me wrong <laughs> I know you're about to come for me. You're Yoruba, you're fully Yoruba, but I think like when I compare, like, you know, the way I know that you grew up with like another Yoruba person, it's slightly different. You, you, you know what I mean? I don't want to like go into it, but you know what I mean? I think like with some other Yoruba people that I know, they might say they're Yoruba first before they say they're Nigerian. Well, with you, I guess like it made sense to me that you said you were Nigerian first before Yoruba, but like with most Yoruba people, I kind of expect that Yoruba first before Nigerian but yeah you can go ahead with what you're saying <laughs> no I, yeah I completely understand and like I guess it's one of the aspects of how like where you grew up also really really affects how yeah. you identify yourself yeah. because I know a lot of Yoruba people either they grew up in families that strongly identify with that as well so it's also I guess also your family values but I always grew up outside a Yoruba state so I I, I was never really in the places where i grew up and there was a Mm -hmm. part of my childhood too that i wasn't in nigeria as well so i was always surrounded by like just a general nigerian crowd it was never just yoruba people so it's Mm -hmm. easier to identify but yeah Oh, oh yes i also wanted to talk about in regards to like how we just talked about our identities there's a theory right it's called identity theory and there's this guy that developed it his name is striker that's his last name in 1968 he talked about how like various identities that comprise the self the things that we identify ourselves as exist in a hierarchy of salience where the identities that are ranked highest are more likely to be invoked in situations that involve different aspects of the self so to break that down in like more normal english it's like (laughs) There's, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of words. <laughs> there's, there's pretty much like the groups we identify ourselves with all exist in a hierarchy. So like how we said Nigerian black woman, blah blah. You identify with each of those classes to a different degree. And yeah. the person gave an example of like there was a guy running for mayor and he dropped out of the race because his children strongly disapproved of politics. He got a lot of backlash. Like it makes no sense. He was on his way to winning and everything. And then he said a lot of people that were criticizing him probably weren't fathers themselves. So in that situation, he identified more as a family man than he did as a politician. Do you get what I mean? Mm. So sometimes our roles kind of conflict and that's where you see that there's a hierarchy to how you identify with different things have you guys ever experienced that yeah i have i feel like in terms of that first just as a note to what what you said with your identity i think it's very interesting i don't know how long you've been in canada for but like Mm. based on the kenyans i've interacted with who've been here um, sometimes we mention our race before our tribe because we've had to be black more than we've had to be luo or kikuyu and so sometimes it's called political salience so you know you've been part of the black category for you know you've had to be more black than you've had to be yoruba and you can't ever let let go of your yoruba part the same way you can't ever not be black unless you are 
our dear lady who we will talk about um <laughs> but uh you know in that respect i i actually i feel you i understand why you would identify as black before yoruba and why someone would flip it and have maybe the inverse i think if you were in nigeria right now you'd probably say yoruba before black you might not even have ever had to say black because it when when are you not black in nigeria unless you're mm-hmm. in an expat community yeah it's you know? interesting because in nigeria i don't know if this is the same for everyone else but because black is the majority i never mm-hmm. actually identified myself as black until yeah. exactly. when i came here we were just nigerian we weren't black that black was the norm mm-hmm. pretty much as i never yeah. had to think about it and it's actually funny because even when i would watch shows like my like my parents would definitely say like oh look at this like african-american black american but it's like in all of that we still never called ourselves black even though yeah. we could see we could identify black americans and stuff like that but to us we're just the norm yeah <laughs> Yeah and with that I think Huma Sekela kind of so on my podcast um I usually talk about how it's very sensitive to talk about our identities as countries sometimes because mm-hmm. we kind of we forget the fact that our countries haven't existed for more than 100 years they were drawn on a map cut like pieces of cake like slices and you know different uh European countries claimed them according to natural resources mm-hmm. so for me to say Kenya Kenya didn't exist 100 years ago i am truly a nilot because uh, my ancestors are mostly nilots like with from river nile with the luo background and the, with the sudanese background i have nubian heritage so for me um oh you're a nubian i, I just thought of it i hey. just didn't want to say <laughs> it because it actually like for me sometimes also i think from being from a mixed background you see i didn't mention my racial identity i didn't mention my ethnic one because i which one do i choose Mm. which one do i now claim to be it's like, a bit oh, more Kenyan. complex for you a lot of i've had people go into war on my tiktok comments like no she's kenyan no she's sudanese no she's somali no she's and the whole time i'm just there watching you know eating some popcorn just being like <laughs> joke is on all of you because i'm not like i'm not any of those at the core of my being the moment i claimed to be kenyan i was rejected the moment i'm claiming to be sudanese i'm re- i'm even rejecting myself because i've not grown there i'm not grown up there <laughs> so i even disqualify myself before i enter the race but the the reason is kind of like with a lot of people from mixed backgrounds whether it's ethnicity race or what not you realize that none of that at the end of the day truly plays a, a role in who you are and so ah. you can pick nigerian if you're full nigerian yeah but you realize what is it about being nigerian that has rubbed off onto you that's truly what you are yeah so i i can't even say right now i think i'm everything mm-hmm. and that's why even my podcast i tend to include even people in the diaspora because now i understand the level of awkwardness trying to describe who you are when when you do people say no and then when you don't people are trying to say no but you're this so it's so weird if you come from multiple backgrounds or if you've grown up in different areas even like being part of the africa diaspora right now mm-hmm. um sometimes i i love ethiopian food and like i feel like that shit is entering my spine you know <laughs> but then it's so hard to believe i'm not ethiopian because of how much i cling to their culture but yeah. at the same time with south african music like going back to ringo madlingozi and you know miriam makeba and their history and having lived there for two years there's also a part of south africa in my veins so i realize in one part i don't cling to it because there's like for me i identify more with language groups and you know like pre colonial cuz that's the most 
But at the same time, when you come from a mixed background, anyone listening to this, they know mm-hmm. how can you even claim any side? Both sides, not, no one will fully accept you. Mm-hmm. And even for you, you're an aggregate of everything. And then when you're mixed, you even now choose other cultures that you don't really even, you're not even <laughs> from. Like someone like why Trevor not, Noah, eh? I wouldn't be shocked if Trevor Noah is somehow interested in being Mexican. And he actually fully, you know, when, when you're not leashed to any culture, now you even start exploring for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also why I didn't mention you anything. You didn't mention anything when you were describing. Because I can't be. If I choose one, it becomes very complicated. So I've had to be a creative. I've had to be the quote-unquote philosopher that my sister, that she laugh at. <laughs> and then I've had to be, I'm a twin. I'm a twin sister. Oh, are you? Yeah. But, and also being a twin has taught me how... There are some things I can't say I am because being a twin teaches you a lot about individuality, ironically, especially mm-hmm. as we are not identical. So I've had to be hyper self, you know, because you have to cling on to who you think you are so that you're not boxed into one thing with your sister. With your sister. Did they buy you guys matching clothes? My God. Yeah. <laughs> and then they even used to give me, because I used to be more like calm, they used to give me pink to wear. And then oh. because she used to be more like playful, they used to give her blue. Wow. You guys. <laughs> so, yeah. And then twins, you're, you're told, who's the good one? Who's the bad one? As if we there can't have that hybridity. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm very oh much gosh, for hybridity true. Why right was now. that a thing that people did? It's, it's just inst- like, it's natural. People like to like box. They want to be able to know how to treat you guys, to mm. separate you two. But they don't realize they're actually forcing you into this one category that you can't get out of. And that's how I feel mm-hmm. about my ethnicity. I can't be one thing. I can choose to be Kenyan and Sudanese and Pakistani, but also have a deep love for Ethiopian food and a very deep love for South African music. Mm-hmm. And that's me. And because that doesn't fully exist yet, I tend not to describe myself according to that scale. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that, like, I think the same happens like with America, for example. A lot of mixed people now are identifying as just mixed rather than black because, like, they are saying that, like, although America still sees you as black, it's not really true because, like, some of them grew up with their white parents, and to be honest, like, they're more white in culture or whatever than they are, like, what people culturally would describe as black in America. So. And then, then you see some mixed people also just choose to identify as black as well. So it definitely is, as we go back to like what we said at the beginning, a mix between how you see yourself and how the world and sees you. And how people you. see you. That's very true. That's yeah. Very true. But um, I guess I brought up that like the salience and like the hierarchy because there have been times where like, you, for example, in the feminist movement, for example, how we're starting to talk about like intersectional intersectionality hey. and everything, right? That word is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's <laughs> but it's just word. like... Take your time. <laughs> but it's just like sometimes it's like, are you a woman? Do you feel like you're a woman first? Or like, are you black first? And like, what do you place more importance on? Like I'm fighting for and stuff. But I guess in the feminist movement like where we're moving towards is this like everything is as important but the truth is that it's not not to everybody it's also what you've had to be more like if if you've had to be your race more than your gender you'll obviously now identify with your race more if you're a white woman i think you've had to be your you've had to be a woman first before you've had to be white because when you're when you're at the point of privilege i feel like comfort the sound of comfort is silence yeah. So when you are part of the privileged group, you never ever have to consider it. Like 
how what well, what's the need for considering it that's interesting the thing where it's like you know depends on what you've had to be more because it's like what if you've had to be as much black as you've had to be as much a woman so it's like how then do you decide which one is more of your identity i think you just know i think there still is a hierarchy there like even though I honestly feel sometimes... Okay, but, like, for instance... Wait, sorry, Matilda, okay, sorry to tell you. But, for instance, in engineering, like... Or no. like let's, let's say, like, in engineering... Specific, let me not say engineering in general, but specifically in Carlton, that's the university we went to, Carlton Engineering. Did you feel like you had to be black more than you had to be a woman? Or you had to be one woman more than black? I'm definitely more I feel like black I'm than woman. More black than woman, yeah. Matilda, you're an what engineer? Is- Oh, we're, we're all, all just gonna skim yeah, up. We're all engineers. We're all engineers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, okay. All right. You guys are the true stars that right. we're talking about. The true super stars. Wow. You're engineers. Look at all three African dreams. Wow. I'm screaming. My mother is proud of I'm, you. A parent's, a parent's wet dream, honestly. Do you hey. guess? Wow. Super stars. We thank God. We thank him, man. Okay. Right, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I definitely was more black than I was really a woman. Yeah, that's interesting though. Like the reason why I actually thought we we're gonna say woman because it's like a lot of times when we talk about our engineering experiences, even on the podcast, it's like we usually always say how like you know as a woman in engineering, like you know sometimes oh. it's like we experience this. So how is it that you now feel like? you were more black than you were hmm. woman I because black well i think hadiza should answer this one because i think our answers are the same but yeah hadiza okay. go ahead oh my god i was definitely black like i don't even <laughs> I was de- like i can't even okay how do i begin to break down why i was more black than woman because looking at the way even women in engineering were treated i still felt like <laughs> Um, there are certain scenarios that if I was a white woman, like the scenario would have gone on a little bit differently Better. from me being like black and stuff. And not only was I black, I was also new to the country and mm, I an also immigrant. immigrants with a strong, like, I accent. mean, strong accent and stuff like that. Like, no, like I was black. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was black. <laughs> Let me tell you how I knew I was more black because mm-hmm. towards the, um, our fourth year project and everything, I was able to find a group of other black guys and engineering was fine for me at that point. Once I found my black and other, like they weren't like, they were first generation, like other immigrants. They didn't even have to be black, but they were just minority cultures. And I was able to have like, a, there was, it didn't really, although once in a while, the, the woman thing would still come up. It wasn't really what defined my experience as compared to like when I was in a group project with like all white people, it was mm-hmm. a bigger barrier to like get over. I think also you've had to be black in everything, like in your career. Exactly. When you walk out of the door, you're black. Like it's in your face more than your gender at that point. Yeah. Whereas obviously you're a woman, but in some places we have privilege when we're women. In some, not a lot. Not a lot. In some, like maybe in Nigeria, I was a woman. I was more of a woman because that patriarchy is is just coming for you. You see. Mm -hmm. So it's also what have you had to be more of? But it's funny because all of us are talking about 
our social identity, our racial identity. And part of the evidence to show that it's what you have to encounter more of is none of us here have mentioned our sexuality or our gender as much as we've mentioned because we're not because we're I'm hetero. Assuming, exactly. So we're uh, you see how how silent our privilege has been this whole time because yes. we're not we're not part of the other. Actually, I right now I'm girl, looking though. at a child. Uh, yes, girl. But you see that when tying it to sexuality, we've we've kind of um, mm, like straight. No, yeah, I'm a straight mm, woman. You sense, see, no, sense, I'm a bi sense. woman. I'm a I'm a gender fluid woman. Dang, that's and so, so true. I'm looking at something right now. Like it's called about it's called the social identity theory, and it yeah. mentions that you're more. It's kind of like the hierarchy Matilda was talking about, but. It mentions that the core is your personal identity, then above that is your social identity, and then above that is your social categorization. Mm -hmm. And then now the last one is divided into two groups. It's the in-group where you're part of the we, and the out-group where, where you're part of the they. And I think when you're mixed, like as like when you're mixed so many they groups, social categorization, social identity, you tend to identify more with your personal identity because none of these categories, you can even pick one in. So right now, Trevor Noah is more a comedian than he even is African. Ah, because he's had to be, he can't even cling on to any of those. So if you find a comedian who is gender fluid, who doesn't even necessarily identify as bi or gay or anything, maybe they're very fluid in terms of their sexuality. You find that maybe they just consider themselves a kind person. That's mm. what they are. Because you can't even identify as anything else. That was interesting. So, yeah. This reminds me of the when conversations were going around when people were like, Oh, Beyonce is finally identifying as black and everybody is <laughs> going crazy because she started doing black like ha having black like content and stuff like that. Or how mm. yeah. <laughs> Have of, you guys seen that um that it was like a skit of like the day Beyonce became black? <laughs> Have you guys oh, no. seen that? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm gonna I, share I think that would be on beautiful. our social media. It was like white people being like, Is Beyonce? Black? Black? <laughs> oh my god. Beyonce. Yeah, but yeah, she's she's been doing a lot and it's interesting because she's also explored the question of identity with you know her African heritage talking about you know bloodline Rwanda you know with the Yoruba. Uh -huh, Yoruba. <laughs> Yoruba, yes, but, you know, but they're exploring and they're learning a lot. And uh, Blue Ivy is out here wearing Maasai like jewelry, and it uh, also makes me wonder oh yeah, when true. you're exploring your identity, is it okay to now, like for us, if you claim East African identity, but maybe your bloodline isn't that, are you allowed to now? I don't know, I just wonder how someone who's of African American heritage where they're not really sure where their ancestry is from, I my heart always like I oh, my out. heart my heart because first of all you're lucky you can really explore any culture but I know some people like back home who are like okay but how do I know for real you're part of like how do I know you're not can black people can African Americans appropriate African culture is basically the question the question or the I other think way that's around but I feel like it's uh, a sad conversation to even have. I'm like, bro, just give them. Just come on. Just give them. Surely just give them this one. Like, <laughs> if they choose to. Okay. Apart from the lady who our dear lady who we will discuss. Yeah. Like if uh, someone chooses to have like a, a different, like if you're an African-American and you choose to call yourself, you know, Chizoma, <laughs> my friend, do your worst. Even take my name while you're at it. You do. I think it's like the one pass you get, like just 
you know what do it but other people actually don't agree with that like i think the problem with like when they do is that because there's such a strong again that categorization thing where you've um identified like key things that make this group this group and then when people feel like the group is being threatened like the identity of the group is being threatened i think they try to other the person because a lot of times like what happens at least what i've seen anyways is they they become this whole like all these like um what are they called hoteps i don't know is hotep like a derogatory term no i've never heard you know those like a hotep like all these um we 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 was kangs I think it is, but it's usually kinds and against queens. men, and people don't like to acknowledge when derogatory terms are used against men, unless it's like nigga or something like that. But I feel like people, mm. I've only ever seen a hotel used for a guy. So what's the term that you call them? No, they're hotel women too. But what I'm, all I'm trying to say is like a lot of times what happens is like their interpretation of the culture because of their cultural background is usually different from what exists right now. That's where usually the criticisms come from. Like when people, like for example, with Beyonce rediscovering her roots now and everything, a lot of people um, feel like she might not have so much context to like, a lot of stuff she's saying. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like mixing uh, Kenyan uh, jewelry with Nigerian, exactly. and we're like, how do you? How how? And then this one is given to maybe women who've come of age. Like there's a cultural symbolism Context. towards it. Yeah. But then usually in my mind, I'm just like, if you're able to educate yourself on the the significance towards it, and you have African descent, then do it. Mm. Like let's say recent African descent. Because yeah. a lot of people say, you're not from Africa, why are you doing it? And I argue, you you fucking are. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you actually are. It's just that, <laughs> it's just that the, the links, the links were, you, you're not able to trace back your link, mm-hmm. but you are from there. And yeah, and now discuss our dear lady. Oh, yes, please. Hadiza, I'll give you the honor of this one. Because Hadiza... Uh, Remember at the beginning, you are literally the one that was like, you have so much to say about oh, Rachel Dolezer. Oh, if I'm pronouncing that Abby, right. What's her name? Please stop calling her in Kitchi. What's her name? She's in Kitchi. Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she identifies as black. She's not, she says she is black. I just don't know how that happened. I guess when it happened, it kind of shocked everyone. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the first time you heard about the Rachel. I can't pronounce her last name. Me too. Story. I think it's Dolezel. 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 Yeah. So apparently, okay. So she, just a little bit of a backstory. She was this woman that like, I, I think um you read, I, I'm just oh, going to read is. her. She's not dead. She's not <laughs> dead, but like her black identity is kind of being rejected right now so i don't know she okay. she is anyways but um rachel dolezo i'm reading this straight from wikipedia also known as Inkechi Diallo, <laughs> is an American former college instructor and activist known for presenting herself as a black woman and having been born by white parents. She's also a former National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. That's the NAACP chapter president. So this is an association for the advancement of colored people. And she was a, a president in one of their chapters. Mm. Um, and this woman, again, was born to white parents. So she she literally perms her hair 
and uses product to like darken her skin. And I guess the reason we're bringing this up is just to kind of talk about the difference between like personal identity and social identity because personal identity is how you see yourself versus like, you know, social identity, which is the groups that the society generally just puts you in because mm. yeah, you're, you're technically like it's a social construct, but you are white, but you're claiming to be black. It's interesting because she, from her accounts, you now, 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 I will say that people have said she lies a lot. I mean, like this is just general statements. Like a lot of people come out to say that she's lying here, she's lying there. Like she's just lying generally. In terms of what? Like okay, I think for she's, example, she lied that she had a fellowship in South Africa or something like she that. She lied. Well, we don't know. Okay, I don't know what lies they um they said were discounted. And one that really came up that was big was um she said she was assaulted by her brother and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. Right, that happened. And I I mean with some things like that, like I don't know right but because people were like oh she lies generally people now i think they didn't end up charging her her brother for that and stuff like that like i guess people just couldn't tell or can't really tell when she's like being truthful or not and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. but um the story goes she has always identified as black like even from a child i think she kind of had a kind of a rough child yeah she said there was uh, there was literally this picture now like i said that's why i started with people say she lies a lot so we don't know if she was lying about this one but she apparently has a picture of a drawing she drew when she was like a kid and the self-portrait was a a dark-skinned girl with like slightly curly hair like this is how she has seen herself she said i think she has like kind of a rough upbringing and stuff like that too so i guess it probably was a way for her to kind of she said she saw (laughs) the story goes she saw something on nat geo like she saw Mm -hmm. a couple black people and stuff like that on some channel or and she just kind of like was like oh like this is who she wants to be this is the kind of people she wants to identify with this is who she is at a very young age and she kind of carried on and she also her parents also adopted black um kids kids, which but after later on like when she was much older which kind of added you know she found a reason to um kind of fuel her wanting because you know she said growing up her parents didn't let her watch tv or read books so here's a reason she was like oh i can educate myself on being black so i can help raise these kids that you adopted to be as black as possible so that's That's why you can do that without being black yourself but um (laughs) yeah yeah. i'm just going to read a quote this is a quote from the guardian they had an interview with her in 2015 and she said for me how i feel is more powerful than how i was born I mean that not in the sense of having some easy way out. This has been a lifelong journey. As you said, she's identified with her like that since she was young, allegedly. Um, she says, this is not something that I cash in, cash out, change up, do at a convenience um, level or to freak people huh? out <laughs> or to make people happy. <laughs> if somebody asked me how I identify, I identify as black. Nothing about whiteness describes who I am. End quote. So, um, <laughs> is this, um, I feel, I, I want to be kind of like um, careful about it, I guess. The conversation because I, I i'm going to say this and i'm going to take this off but for example transsexual people like trans um trans people generally 
they also don't feel they were born in the right body. So, like, can this be seen as... Are you saying can somebody be transracial? Yes. So, can somebody be transracial? I don't think that's a bad thing to say. I mean, Rihanna was fully backing her. And I mean, some a Nigerian gave her the name. So there are definitely wait, a sorry, lot of Wait, Rihanna was backing Rachel. To some degree in the beginning. Yeah, like in the beginning, like I think Rihanna had tweeted that, oh, it's great to see like, you know, like it's it, usually it's the opposite where like black people are trying to whiteness. achieve some level mm-hmm. of whiteness because... Yeah, because that's the norm and stuff. But like, it's interesting to see the the um, kind of the roles flipped or the flip um, situation and stuff like that. I think she wasn't necessarily supporting per se. She was just Mm -hmm. commenting on how like people should go easy on like her like as in it's just an interesting thing to see like nothing nothing to like destroy her life or kind of thing but i mean <laughs> she did a lot more than that though so okay okay so i guess so the question then i guess do you think people can be transracial like do you think i mean not can be because i mean i guess anybody can be what they want to be but it's like do you mm. think it's okay for people to be transracial and actually like maybe hope should answer first <laughs> yeah please hope um (laughs) so um i feel like if you choose to cling on to you know a lot of the problem with transgender people something they struggle with is people say that you can't some people say you can't claim to be a gender because gender is a social construct and it should be more fluid but um the thing is i think race is so much more of a social construct because if you say you're choosing to be black, it assumes there is one blackness to become. Mm-hmm. And it, whereas if you choose to be a woman, it, it's a very binary thing historically where it's man, woman, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but if you say you choose to be black, it's assuming that there's one black, uh, there's, you know, just one form of blackness that you're now becoming. And uh, it's not a monolith that you can now just wear as an outfit, I think. And um, it's funny because she actually, I've been reading about her throughout the conversation and she apparently changed her name to also be able to, um, she started losing jobs because of people finding out that she's not black. Apparently she, she moved around as if she's black and she started losing her job and everything. So she changed her name in part to also be able to quote unquote, be known for her qualifications and she still didn't, you know, uh-huh. be, she still wasn't able to get jobs. And right now I've seen a picture where she's like in braids and she's saying she's, you know, she has braids at that point to be able to market her products, her service, because she braids hair, to be able to provide for her three children and things like that. That's the part I kind yeah, of like felt it, it actually for. affected her financially, but I, I think, um, uh-huh. it's like, it's okay to identify as an African because Okay, first of all, African is not a culture, but I think it's easier to identify with a culture than as a race. Because if you say you feel inwards black, what is that black that you feel? What is it about being black? Mm. Is it that you you feel a skin color as if a skin color can be attached to a way of being? As if me being black means I am more this or more that? No, me being black, literally, it's just the package that I came with. I'm still the same human product. Exactly. So it's like you claiming to be a it's like you claiming to be a package rather than the product it's it's a very important distinction to make i just i'm not one to speak to her reality she's the only one who knows what she goes through but um i i feel like the conversation and the discourse around 
racial identity that she's brought up has just shown me further that you cannot be black is not a flavor what what about mixed race what identity is that what if i identify as mixed race what does that even mean uh, yeah i don't know but like it's like it's the conversation about even like you know black fishing like became so much um so popular in the last two years but in that situation people were doing it for financial benefit because there was a space for like you know those mixed looking people mm. and and then the white people wanted to take up that space so it's like i think the reason it gets a lot of backlash is because first of all it's a minority culture and second of all because you're doing it kind of for a benefit because rachel specifically wasn't she wasn't just even any black woman she was a professor and like she she was president of the subject matter she's an activist yeah exactly so it's like you're not even just like a regular black person you are you are speaking on behalf behalf. of yeah exactly so it's like huh (laughs) we don't know it's so wait so is it okay if they're not going to take up space meant for like like i mean is it okay if they're not like you know getting financial gain but they're just living their lives as regular black people is it okay then no it's not okay either way and it's especially not okay if you're going to make money off of something which people have even mm, been disenfranchised okay. from so it feels it just let me let me let me ask you does it feel right i know you know the question of <laughs> the question of homophobia and transphobia and all these things i know if we go with our instincts and our primal urge we might end up being more ignorant but you see with this situation it's weird if you cling on to like a man-made construct for me it's weird because the idea of black you go to africa there's so many ideas of there's so many facets to being black that black ceases to become a thing hmm. black is a primarily western concept again because it's deductive from being white yeah mm-hmm. what if i identify as white what does that mean <laughs> There's so many types of white. There's the Scandinavian. Exactly. Yeah, you see. But so then what does it mean to identify as black? Because her going back to like let's say her going to Kenya. She's yeah, let's say she identifies as black, but chances are she's identifying more to black like African American culture here, mm-hmm. which then I understand. Exactly. Because It's, here black yeah. is synonymous with African American culture, which is not one thing, but there is like a general they've had to become you know they've had to carve out spaces uniquely for themselves so yeah yeah i i think i think it was just kind of an interesting study of like how it really there really is a difference between personal identity and like social identity because honestly i think personally she can like to identify as whatever she wants to but then it now starts being dicey because there's social implications of whatever you you choose to identify with versus what the society puts you in and just that um dichotomy i guess I think hey. I'm using a word I don't know. Um oh, but yeah, you know hey. what? <laughs> Big words. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's just is very very um dicey and it can get dicey. So I think just being aware of those things, how the world sees you versus how you see yourself, sometimes yeah. it's very important to be aware of. Um Wait, I have a I have a question before she goes. Um and I mean this is for everybody as well. Um what are some I know like we just had like not heavy but it was like, you know, of like Deep. serious conversation, but like what are some like lighter like more like fluffier ways to identify yourself? A cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> I think 
I'm a I cartoon. I identify very much. Like I'd love to voice animation characters. If you guys know a, a cartoon we'll or someone that into being. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd love to voice character. I also play with accents, so I think a cartoon is very much so that and a dancer. Okay, not a dancer, but like a dancer. You know, not this legwork butterfly, but like if you could just feel the vibes. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go. Me, I'm not those one, two, three. You know, when you start counting numbers and dancing, that's when I that's when I clock out. I don't want alphabets or numbers in my dances. As we just bring the vibes, man. Yes. I love it. A cartoon who dances, yeah. A cartoon who dances. I love it. Matilda? <laughs> I think I'm a bad person for answering this. I think I'm I'm very like a serious person. So like I don't know. I don't know. But you're not always There's serious. Nothing. Matilda. There's always a light part. There, there has to <laughs> exactly. be like a light so part. Wait, part you it. guys part you guys you. you guys go first. I'll describe it later. Oh, yeah. Oh me? Um okay. Yes. <laughs> so um okay, I fluffy ways I've identified myself. I used to identify myself as the girlfriend of do you guys know that Stop. Fred from Scooby Doo? <laughs> okay. The, the the blonde yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, yes. yeah. I used to be his girlfriend. You used like to legit. Date him. Okay. No, for real. I'm like as a kid, like, oh my god, you know, at the end of Scooby Doo, they would show him in a circle. I would literally blow this dude kisses. Like oh I'm not my. even. No. I did that until so I was like please. seven or eight. Like when I should have had sense, I was doing it. <laughs> then I moved to seventeen. I was actually about to scream. <laughs> no, no, no. That age, that then is I a lot of from, sense. Yeah, like and then I moved from him, Fred, to um, what's that boy's name again? Troy. Like, what was my deal with? Hey, high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, he was. Yeah, he At was. At least he was a human being. Yes, like, okay, wait, you know who mine was mine was nick jonas like you could not tell me i was not gonna Sam marry nick jonas i enough, just knew <laughs> he was amazing you know i cried when i found out he had diabetes at that age oh i couldn't believe yeah, my a husband lot, a lot of people cried a lot of girls actually yeah. cried it was a we heartbreaking thing for them sad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about you but, yeah um, I think, I don't know, I have a lot of things, like I'm a daydreamer, I, I don't know, I just, I, I'm a fun person, <laughs> I think, I think that's how I did for myself, I'm just mm-hmm. a fun person, I joke a lot, I definitely love banter, and um, I also daydream a lot, so I think, yeah, that's how I did for myself in a fluffy, lighter way, yeah, I've had time to think. Hmm. Oh, 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 I, I don't think this is as fun, but, um... I view myself as a basketballer. No one can tell me otherwise. Hey, By the way, I'm five two. Hey, love to see it. So, um, of course, five it's two. a dream. Um, <laughs> but reach for the stars. Don't worry. Okay, we are all dreamers. Before, before I um, before I went into um university, I watched Love and Basketball over and over again. <laughs> And I could have sworn that was I going to be screaming. my university experience. I thought I was going to be on the um, varsity team. I oh thought I was God. going to find love with another basketballer. Of course. <laughs> that forbidden baller love. Baller alert. Identified hey. with it. But um, yeah. Oh, well, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay, Good okay. things take time. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. You <laughs> Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Actually, Hope. Can you just talk about your podcast? Okay. So um, I am the host of the Afroverse, which is 
an Africa and Africa Diasporan collective that shares stories and has conversations on anything love, laughter, and living in the African universe. It's my, I, I call it my, my living room. It's my mental living room and I get to talk with awesome people. I also usually have topics which I talk about and the audience directly contributes. Mm. So I usually have voice notes, videos and messages straight from the audience on topics such as, is it better to live in Africa or to live away? What do you think about dowry? What do you, th what are the relationship myths from where you're from or, you know, just for you. Mm. And uh, my, my hope is to connect Africa and the diaspora on topics that cut across all our cultures. Mm. thank yeah. you and um, where can we check you out please plug your tiktok too because that's really where you're a, a big star this tiar. yeah <laughs> um so you can find me at hope Ajir on instagram and you can also find my show the afroverse show just at afroverse show on literally all platforms and i would love to have you know people on afrocalypso the audience you know join afroverse i feel like we have very very many we're like literally in the same family so yeah. i divide them to also listen in and you can find me on instagram mostly my stories me i just post i just i i, I like to have convos so usually if if you want like an online buddy i'm there just add me and then we'll discuss yes. some pertinent topics Oh, pertinent. I love that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, they cut on me. There we go. <laughs> Thank you so, so much um, for, <laughs> for coming on um, and having this conversation with us. I, I feel like we learned a lot really from you. And you yeah. really diversified oh, our, our conversation as well because like we... Bring new perspectives. Oh, exactly, exactly. And like, yeah, because three of us have not, not the same identity, but like similar. similar so it was nice yeah. to think mm -hmm. outside the box and everything. So this was really nice. Thanks well, for thank coming. Thank you guys for having me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.